So as, as we said, we're continuing and to look at the uh, during the summer season at um, some miracles of Jesus, um, and it's been really great the last couple of weeks as we've dug into these and explored some of these together. And today we're looking at another miracle, um, well-known miracle of the feeding at the five thousand. And it's very notable that this miracle occurs in all four of the Gospels. Not all of them do, but this one is in all four of the Gospels. Um, Jesus' provision um, for a large crowd in a very rural area across the Sea of Galilee, uh, in a place which is away from all the towns and villages and uh, where um, uh, they wouldn't be able to find food there because they were in a place away from those towns and villages where they could otherwise have got it. Uh, Lewis has just come back from the Holy Land. Did you go to the, that, that area um, above the Sea of Galilee? Absolutely. Um, he just had a wonderful experience of going to the Holy Land and going to some of those uh, places. Um, have any, uh, any others of you been to the Holy Land? Uh, some of you have too, so you might have even been to this site too. Um, it's quite something, isn't it? Um, I did back in 2008, it was, I think, something like that. Um, and, and I can picture it. It is so wonderful when you do have the privilege and the, um, the, the, the joy of being able to go to these physical places uh, and, and stand in these places uh, where Jesus stood. It is just remarkable. Um, and I can picture it um, in my mind. I can picture a hillside. I can picture the huge expanse of water nearby. And uh, in this freezing cold summer's day in Britain, I can actually begin to remember the heat of that place uh, as well. And this is a Bible passage which, for some of you, you'll have heard preached and taught over many, many different times. But however we look at a familiar passage in Scripture, please trust that there will always be something new or different or fresh to come into your heart, even if it's the same thought but just being experienced in a different way, because it is God's Word. When we just spend time sitting with God's Word and looking at it and dwelling on it, uh, we can receive by God's Holy Spirit, something new and fresh. It is not just like an old storybook. This is the word of God himself. And so every time we look at it and we spend time with it, God can speak to us freshly. He reveals himself deeply each time. And for today, God has placed on my heart three points. And these are an encouragement to seek Jesus always and in everything, to serve Jesus through serving the world together and to find Jesus. And what I mean by that is to find the real Jesus. We're all very different personality types, aren't we? And I don't know about you, but I'm a very visual person. Um, It really impacts me. I notice things around me all the time and just need to attend to it. Um, When I was at theological college many years ago, Um, I got stuck into helping all the different staircases at Ridley Hall sort out the areas of garden outside which had got overgrown. I just couldn't bear it. Um, And uh, we had great fun um, doing all sorts of things and planting new tulips and stuff like that. Um, And and I noticed I have to have sort of a visual experience a lot of the time. I I remember having a building resilience workshop that we used to provide for clergy um, when I was in a previous role in Bristol. And uh, I remember the, the, the person who was talking about those workshops saying, um, oh no, maybe it wasn't this, maybe it was CPS Arrow course many years ago. Anyway, saying, never have loads of post-it notes on your desk because you just get completely lost in all these notes. 
just write them down in one place. It's terribly organised. I tried, I tried, I tried. Look at my desk now. I have the backs of envelopes. I have spare bits of paper I don't want to waste. I, I leave things on the floor. I'm visual. Are you visual? Maybe you, you, you operate differently. We're all very different. And, uh, and what I see around me impacts me. And in my work, I have a very old-fashioned diary. This actually is looking fresh because it's my new... A 2024 diary. But I like to have a physical diary. I still use a written diary. I have to have a week to a page. I'm holding up a blank page in case there are any press photographers out there with their long-range lenses and they will discover the secrets um, and publish them. But here we have my um, diary. And uh, I have to cover that all the week and I have to be glance at it and see it. Um, and all my appointments are highlighted in green. And it helps me to understand the sort of the rhythm of the week. And uh, last week, when some of us were praying for St. Matthew's at, at a monthly prayer meeting, um, there was a real spirit-filled sense in that meeting that we are being called to do more, to encourage each other, and um, individually and as a church community, to pray, to seek God, to seek Jesus in all that we do. And, uh, and one of my practical responses, which is um, the explanation of that large, rather long-winded um, um, talk about me being visual, but one of the practical responses for myself has been a visual thing. And uh, in addition to my diary, I brought along my laptop. Because on my laptop, with my Dymo tape, I don't mind if the photographers with the long-range lenses see this, I have printed out on my laptop... Before, email, meetings, text, Zoom, etc., dot, 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 pray, pray. You can go on, pray, 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 but I had the camera there, so I had to stop. Before, emails, meetings, text, Zoom, etc., pray, pray, pray. In other words, that simple little thing is an encouragement for me, a small little practical visual thing in my daily life, to seek Jesus in everything, to seek Jesus in everything. Before the Zoom call, before the phone call, before the email, before looking at the diary. Seek Jesus in everything, however small it might be. Picture the situation here in the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus had been looking for some space and a place to rest after a really busy time of engaging in, in, in healing ministry and preaching and teaching um, and a little bit of um, conversing with those who were finding what he was saying difficult. He was looking for some space to rest and restore. But people had begun to hear about him, hear about this remarkable man, hear about the healings and the teaching. Now the reality is probably that many of this crowd would have simply been thrill-seekers, if you like. How quickly crowds gather if there's some newsworthy novelty to see. And these days, they'd gather even more quickly than they did then with mobile phones. I remember when Deborah and I and the family were in a previous parish north of London. We used to have quite an eventful time outside the vicarage at night time with a park there. And I remember once hearing some activity going on outside, and uh, there were just a few people, and then something kicked off. And about 15, 20 minutes later, there must have been 100 young people and gangs gathered there outside. And that was due to mobile phones. There was something kicking off and news spread. 
News spreads. Let's come and see what's going on. Let's um, see what the novelty is here. Crowds gather, don't they, for all sorts of different reasons. And a crowd was gathering here for all sorts of different reasons, I'm sure. And in response to Jesus' question in verse 5, if you want to look back at that, uh, where he was testing and teaching his disciples in faith, after some initial struggle with a response to that question, and even though the disciples don't know what to do, Andrew brings a boy to Jesus. Do you remember Jesus asking that question? He says, he actually says, where are we to buy bread for all these people? Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread for all these people? He set it up, so to speak. He asked that question. And in response, they brought the boy to Jesus. Andrew brought a boy to Jesus with five loaves and two fish. They didn't know what to do. And the reality for for all of us in much of our daily lives is that we don't know what to do or we feel like we don't know what to do. And we can thrash around on our own first before we seek Jesus. The events of this miracle, starting with Andrew bringing the boy to Jesus, like the label on my laptop, are a reminder for us to seek Jesus in every situation and every part of our life, however large or small, however impossible that situation might be. There was a little bit of thrashing around by the disciples, mentally and everything else, and looking out on the ground, oh my goodness, what do we do? But then Andrew brought this boy with these loaves and fishes to Jesus. And as this well-known miracle confirms, God can work great things in and through the small things that you and I offer him in our lives. And he can multiply it abundantly. But let's seek Jesus in everything. Let's not spend too much time thrashing around first before we seek Jesus. Then how can we serve Jesus through serving the world around us together? We go back to verse 5 again of our reading, where we read that Jesus started that conversation about what to do. Jesus saw this large crowd, and he saw the crowd sort of coming towards them. I guess they were coming from all over the place. Um, And you could almost hear him thinking about his response to the disciples when he sort of sort of said, so, 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 what are we going to do, guys? But he was much more specific, wasn't he? As I said just now, he, he doesn't just say, so, what are we going to do, guys? He says, where are we going to buy bread for them to eat? And I think Jesus probably would have remained calm and unperturbed by Philip's rather negative response at the beginning about the impossibility of doing anything, because, as we read here, Jesus already knew what he was going to do. The heart of God looks outwards at the needs and struggles of the world with compassion, with huge compassion all the time on his heart. The same compassion with which he looks at the day-to-day struggles and challenges and confusions of yours and my life too, however small they might seem. That same compassion... And he helps us to turn and face outwards too. 
He helps us to turn and face outwards and to see what we actually can do together for the good of others with him. Individually, of course, you and I can make a difference in our lives each and every day to the world around us and to the communities around us. Yes, we can. But together, we can do so, so much more. It feels like some sort of advertising campaign. I'm sure there's something in there somewhere, isn't there? Together, we can do so much more. On a Harvest Festival Sunday uh, this year, September 24th, really looking forward to our Harvest Weekend. We're going to be looking at the Basoga Trust in Uganda. And for those who may be visiting with us uh, for the first time today, the Basoga Trust is a Christian um, a charity which uh, was formed by a clergyman who is still working in it and leading it. A very, very small a Christian minister, a very small team uh, based in London, with a larger team now of over 100 people in Uganda, um, uh, doing extraordinary work um, uh, due to their motivation uh, of the love of Jesus Christ um, in villages, in rural villages. And uh, they bring water and health care to those very, very remote rural communities. And together, the giving of love in love of this church community over many years has had a vast impact literally on thousands of lives. Thousands of lives. And all of this stuff isn't recorded in the annual statistics that the Church of England uh, asks us for in terms of Sunday attendance or Christmas attendance or whatever it might be. Or it might not even be immediately obvious to you or me day by day as we go around uh, our lives. But with Jesus helping us to look outwards to the world and the crowd, so to speak, through his eyes and with his heart of compassion, thousands of people are being given life, literally, through water and knowing the life-giving love of Jesus Christ. The miraculous has happened and keeps on happening day by day by day in that part of Uganda uh, because of the work of people working with Jesus' love together. With the help of Jesus Christ to look beyond our own problems and outwards to a struggling and lost world, we are serving Jesus through serving others together. And the results are really beautiful to see. So as we seek Jesus in everything we do, as we take what we do to Jesus first, and as we look outwards and serve Jesus by serving others together, we can then, as we do that, find and discover Jesus. And I'm not just saying find and discover Jesus. I'm just thinking about going deeper and discovering the real Jesus. So much of life and relationship with us can feel as though we're skating on the surface, can't it? Sometimes it can almost feel a bit superficial. But how wonderful it is again, how beautiful it is again, when you and I discover real, deep, honest and true relationship, through thick and through thin, through the joys and through the struggles, and we come through. I wonder if you sit here thinking now about relationships you've had over many, many years with some people and what you might have travelled through with those people is quite astounding, isn't it? When you think about life and travelled with people through all those ups and downs. 
Remember, the crowds were coming to see Jesus probably for a host of different reasons. Maybe, yes, the thrill and excitement of seeing this amazing person. Maybe, the term goes these days, hopefully we've got it right, FOMO. FOMO, fear of missing out. I'm sure that was probably a big one in crowds. I'm going to miss out, so I'm going to follow. Maybe for some their political gain, they needed to keep an eye on what this person was doing so that they could make sure they um, um, got the gain on it, whatever it might be. All sorts of reasons were in the hearts and minds of these people as they came to see Jesus. And in the verses immediately following our reading today, verses 14 to 16, right at the end of our passage, even though there may have been a growing thought in the minds of some that Jesus could be the prophet foretold of in the Old Testament, come to save his people. In these verses at the end, verse 14 to 16, we read that Jesus understood even then, after this incredible miracle again, that the motives of some of them for wanting to see him and to proclaim him king was not a motive understanding that he was the king of love, It was a motive understanding that they would make him a king for political ends in their own way. When Jesus realised that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Who is the real Jesus for you? Have you found the real Jesus? Are you going deeper day by day in your experience of God to know who Jesus is beyond the surface impression. There is so much more to discover, so much to life in knowing the real Jesus. The miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 shows us an abundance of different things. Jesus has compassion as God, has compassion for his world that knows no bounds. Jesus uses people to bless other people. Jesus, yes, can meet any expectation and nothing is too big for God in heaven. This week, I encourage you to think how you can seek Jesus in everything in the small things and also in the big things. Maybe spend a few moments, I'll leave a few moments of silence in a moment for you to think, what is coming up in your diary this week? Maybe there isn't anything in your diary and that's what you want to bring to God. What is on your heart, on your mind, in your life? I encourage you, To seek Jesus in everything. Like Andrew bringing that boy to Jesus. Bring yourself and those things to Jesus. Serve Jesus with faith and trust. Jesus can do amazing things when we serve him in faith and trust. In serving others. And as you do this, you will discover more and more, moment by moment, yourself going deeper and deeper to the next level of your relationship with him and finding the real Jesus, who is the King of love. And whatever age or stage you're at, it will be life-changing again. It will be another miracle of God's love. Should we spend just a few moments now, an opportunity for us to be thinking about what's on our hearts and our minds, 
what's coming up or what's not coming up? And what do we want to bring to Jesus this week? Amen.